Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are W.B. Reed and Bonnie Zano. We recorded this a few weeks ago at their home in Seattle. Hey, just a reminder to my listeners who are banjoists or aspiring banjoists, I have an instructional series for Clawhammer Banjo over at pitchforkbanjo.com. In January, I finished what I'm calling my Jam Ready series, five basic tune and song arrangements in each of the four main old-time keys. And last week, I added my first intermediate and advanced arrangements. What's really special about this series is that in each tune tutorial blog post, I link videos explaining every concept and technique necessary to play each individual arrangement, along with exercises in the appropriate tunings and rhythms to get you ready. I just started making practice loops for the new tutorials so that you can practice each tune with me for longer without having to rewind, and I've added labeled chapter links to the video timeline so you can easily skip around. And to top it all off, I explain how to do the pitchfork stroke along with other advanced claw hammer techniques. A membership at pitchforkbanjo.com is just $10 a month or $100 a year. It's a great middle ground for folks who don't need regular lessons but still want some regular guidance. Follow the link in the show notes and happy banjo playing. That's enough business. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guests. But first, here's my interview and jam with W.B. Reed and Bonnie Zano. Enjoy. Please tell her I'm gone. 
pass by, please say good morning. If you pass by, please say good morning. Tell them I'm gone, please tell them I'm gone. I've been asked you, was I running? If they ask you, was I running? If they ask you, was I running? Tell them I'm flying, tell them I'm flying. I got a bulldog, cut my grounders, my backyard in my backyard. Woo! It's <laughs> a big, it's a big bulldog. <laughs> he is expensive. <laughs> WB Reed and Bonnie Zahner, mm-hmm. welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Cameron. Thanks for welcoming me into your home and feeding me delicious chicken noodle soup. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you came through in the last moment so that I could record Joe Siemens yeah. um, when his host fell through <laughs> for our recording session. So, yeah. very hospitable. Well, it's great to see Joe and Tina. We haven't seen them for a while. So. Fun to put the puzzle pieces together. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Where did you first hear that tune. I don't know if I've ever actually heard the source recording for that. Well, it's on that, uh, there, there was a great uh, set of LPs way back in the old days called uh, Around the Heart of Old Galax. Okay. I don't think I ever actually owned the LPs, but I had bootleg tapes of them, and it's on one of those. I forget who <laughs> sings it. Uh, other than that, it's just been around, but I think I probably just first learned it off that record. I love, um, there's a double stop that you do in the third phrase oh. uh, that oh. piques my interest every time. It's like a six That's chord a, or something. I mean, like a, well, not, it's not a, a minor six, but it's like has a well, extension. No, it's, I think it's just a, it's just, you mean the... Uh, Da-da, you hit that note. <laughs> I don't think that's on the original, maybe, but maybe that's that gorgeous. That's just a G double stop D and D and G, and then with a little finger going up to the E note. Yeah, I'm gonna try to steal that. Yeah. Although I'm bad with my <laughs> pinky on the fiddle. Oh, but the thing to do is my my brother, the violinist, taught me to move my elbow a little bit towards my belly button to make that. Oh, interesting. The so elbow the, helps, so you can keep sounding that G string. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> it's always good to have a violinist brother if you're going to play the fiddle so i got to see you all play i think two nights ago now at the fiddler's inn mm-hmm. in seattle and i don't think you played one genre for more than two songs mm. in a row you, you were do s- mix it up you were s- yeah it was pretty impressive and i will also say you refused to play any of those genres which were many at a mediocre level. It was all fantastic. I was really blown away. And uh, well, thanks. Yeah. So why <laughs> where how did you go about finding all the time to learn all this different music? How do you <laughs> explain yourselves? <laughs> We're old. <laughs> We've had okay. a lot of time for it. 
So I always think of um, old time as my foundation. Okay. But friends pulled me in to be playing Mexican music. Way Wait, early on. Who who pulled you in to do that? Uh, people in Port Townsend. Uh, Marla Streeter, Peter McCracken. Hmm. Uh, what drew, yeah, what drew them to, like, Mexican music? Like, that's a, a ways away from Mexico for people to be Mexican music enthusiasts. Not that it isn't worthy of being anyone being interested in it, but... They've had a lot of fine mas regional masters come up from Mexico and teach well, music at for the Fiddle Tunes Festival. Yeah, okay. Festival of American Fiddle Tunes. That's what's really caused us to learn a lot of different styles, because... Uh, and <clears throat> whenever this actually broadcasts, it'll probably be time to be starting to think about going to Fiddle Tunes yeah. the first week of July out in Port Townsend, and uh, uh, that's been... I mean, how long have you been going? Longer than me. 1986. Yeah. Okay, so I've it's been around a for a years. minute then. Yeah, it started in, okay. in the middle 70s, 74 it, I went on the 10th year for the yeah. first time. Yeah. yeah. I started going about 1990, although I was trying to go for 10 years before that. And so they bring fiddlers from all over the continent, uh, you know, from, from Appalachia and New England and Quebec and... Western Canada and Mexico. So American fiddle tunes meaning the mm -hmm. continent of <clears throat> the continent of America. Yeah, America. Ireland gets yeah. in there somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of there's plenty of well, yeah. there's plenty of American Irish music. Yeah. So, yeah, Irish fiddling is definitely part of the thing. So, you know that that's that's just caused. I mean, really, I think the whole Puget Sound community of of fiddlers often have broad tastes because of fiddle tunes because at some point they met somebody at fiddle tunes from another genre that because of 50 years of yeah. like people from all over mm -hmm. sure coming in playing some sort of style you never heard before yeah. and then oh, everyone yeah. in the region is like wow that's cool i gotta learn how to do that hot quebecois music or what have mm -hmm. you yeah yeah and so there, there, there's a very strong community of people that get together once a month and play quebec music and there's a but very strong cajun aficionado community and and that mainly all comes from fiddle tunes hmm. starting to put the pieces together so i'm not sure how pete ever started getting involved that's probably how marla got into yeah. it so you all play mexican music and appalachian well if old time is your base hmm. uh how did it become your base bonnie hmm. what did you first when were you first exposed to, to old time music? Uh, 1984. And who's <laughs> responsible for that? Uh, Sandy Bradley. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have still yet to meet Sandy yeah, Bradley. Yeah, she but... got. Uh, we were working at a um, in an organization. Well, she was and... working for you, right? Uh, weren't you her boss technically? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and. Um, you know, she got us all go to go to a dance, and she was calling, and it was fun. So she was just like I, a work friend at the a time. A work friend, right? And then you came to a dance, mm -hmm. and and kept going to the dances. Yeah. Started knowing the people, started getting familiar with the tunes, and I played violin through school when I was a kid. So you already had the basic technique intonation, right? right. And so it's just That's a matter right. of now. Had you continued to play? No. And so you were just, I guess I'll pick it back up. Uh, yeah, I thought I could do that. Yeah. Still Fantastic. trying. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what about you, WB? Well, I, I actually grew up in New England and uh, started out 
when I was a teenager going to coffee houses and playing country blues and ragtime and other kinds of finger-picking guitar things. And then uh, I accidentally moved to San Diego when I was about 20. Whoops. And uh, <laughs> never went back to live on the East Coast. So when I got to San Diego, there was sort of a community of people doing that kind of stuff, country blues, but it wasn't very exciting. And across the way were all these people playing Appalachian fiddle tunes. And uh, that was a much more gender mixed group. And they were having a lot more fun, it seemed. And I just got, I just started playing backup guitar for them. Now, there weren't a lot of women. There weren't a lot of women in the the blues. In the blues community. Right. I mean, not that obviously they, I'm sure they would be. It seems like the community is different. Yeah, it was a very nerdy community at that time. Of course, there, of course, there were women that played blues, but not these. I don't know the people I found. It just wasn't very exciting. What was exciting and happening at that time? This was in 1972 and 1973. Um, we had just started contra dances down there, so I started playing for contra dances. And uh, then a lot of people were playing, uh, well, we were talking about Hank Bradley earlier. Yes. You know, a lot of people my age had, had seen Hank Bradley and gotten excited about what mm. he was doing. And so there was a budding old-time community down there, and we, would, we all were sort of rootless and jobless, and we spent several nights a week just getting together and banging down old-time tunes. I don't know if I've met anybody in your generation from the old-time community who like was doing a nine to five during this period it seems like you all were just partying all the time it's the, the 70s idyllic. was very easy uh and uh you know I as long as job. yeah you, you had, had a regular job, job. yeah well of right. course no you didn't have a regular you had well, an irregular job. i worked uh for the committee for a sane nuclear policy at that time right and for a sane nuclear policy right yeah and then thanks um, for doing that you're welcome <laughs> yeah. um and that's where Sandy was working yeah. as well. Um, but that was more than. Then I got a county job. Yeah. Just so I'd, you know, yeah. stock up for the years afterwards with some kind yeah. of pension. Yeah. Had a daughter. Yeah. Yeah, the 70s was pretty. For, first of all, living was very cheap. Um, that sounds nice. You know, especially, <laughs> I mean, the problem that you, your generation faces today of these rents is just, that was not the case. Uh, we could really, um, well, I, I, you know, many of us were able to make our rent money in two or three days of busking on the street every month, you know. So the the rent was a major, major part of that. It, rents were very, you could really find a place to live for nothing almost so thank you for saying that <laughs> sometimes uh folks in older generations like to call uh my generation <laughs> very entitled and i'm like oh, really i don't see that at all it, yeah and it's like well we have to pay so much money to live <laughs> and to eat yeah <laughs> which yeah anyway and also the so. 70s the 70s was <laughs> also too. very rich in terms of government funding of things like this uh, hmm. So in my case, I lived in San Diego, and uh, there was a fabulous annual folk festival in April every year, the San Diego Folk Festival. And uh, that's where I got initially exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. And in those days, there was just so much support from the National Endowment for the Arts. Mike Seeger had this giant grant where he brought a 
a kind of show of his own of about five performers every year that he would take huh. on a tour all over the country and that was all had funding and so yeah it was a you know if you could just stay out of Vietnam then right. things were pretty good uh, right. living was easy and cheap and there was a lot of music a lot of openness to music busking went well and there was a lot of government funding for folk music so yeah it makes it makes sense as i'm trying to like understand like how this community especially like the community in that area of california and in this area of washington like why it's so rich in traditional music and so many people playing so many different styles for so long mm -hmm. and uh i feel like i'm Every every new person I talk to from your generation is like helping me put together the pieces of like understanding mm -hmm. how y'all's folk tradition happened. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing that happened in the '70s was that uh, there were a lot of those people. You know, we all love those old '78s that were recorded in the '20s sure. and '30s. Well, if you think about how old somebody was when they recorded those, a, a, a lot of them quit the music biz when they yeah. started having kids, and the depression came, the war, and it sort of changed the whole thing. But by the late 60s and 70s, a lot of them were retiring from their jobs and they had pensions and social security. And so they, they retired just in time for the, all these young people to want to hear them. And uh, so we got to see a lot of those yeah. stars, you know, like we got to see Sam and Kirk McGee and Dewey Balfa and just on and on, just that. The, Anybody on the West Coast could see those people. That was a regular circuit from San Diego to Seattle. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty cool. Let's play another tune. Can we play that rice straw? Sure. Where'd you get this, Bonnie? Mm, I got this tune from Earl Collins. I think it's maybe worth worth noting that on that first tune, we're going to be switching around instruments a little bit. Uh, Bonnie was on guitar. WB was playing. Good. Fiddle. Fiddle and yeah, <laughs> it just happened. And, you and I was playing banjo, yeah. and now I'm playing guitar. WB is playing banjo, and Bonnie is playing fiddle. Yeah. Did I get to that all right? Uh, <laughs> what what are instruments? <laughs> Let's see if I can remember how this comes from that great recording that Tom Sauber made of Earl Collins called "That's Earl" back That's in the seventies. Rye straw. Thank you. 
Is there a definitive ending quote well, on that one? Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell them, but that, that's the that actually Bonnie has tacked on the Lee Stripling right, ending, ending to that. We, ah, we got to play with Lee Stripling for several years, and that was how he ended his version of Rye Straw, which. Well, I'm glad you didn't bury the lead. How did you get to play with Lee Stripling for a couple of years? That's noteworthy. <laughs> well, for about ten years. Well, well, uh, uh, Lee Stripling is Charlie Stripling's second child, second son, and uh, along about 1985, uh, Joyce Cawthon in Alabama was researching her book, which she finished, called "With Fiddle and Well Rosined Bow." That's all about Alabama fiddling. And she was interviewing Robert Stripling, Charlie's oldest son, and Robert said he had a brother who lived in Seattle. And Lee had been stationed out here in World War II and met a gal and got married and settled in mm. Seattle. So I Sandy no Bradley again went and found him and yeah. brought him on to her radio show. And uh, man, I gotta meet this person. It's probably about <laughs> probably about uh, fifteen years ago or so that uh, I mean fifteen years later that. I met him at a party one day, and I could play in the key of B flat. So yeah. I suddenly became his accompanist. Nice. <laughs> and uh, after a few years, Bonnie joined up, and we made the Lee Stripling Trio. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that we was did his that last for about band. 10 years. Yeah, about ten years mm -hmm. altogether that we played with Lee, and that was great. He really, he was a great member of our community. He mm -hmm. lived to be almost eighty-eight. Died about seven or eight years ago or something mm -hmm. like that. It's pretty cool that you got to be yeah. his, his backing band for a while. Yeah, we learned a lot and of a music crooner. from him, too. Yeah. Know? Real crooner. Yeah, he had a great Sweetheart crooning too. voice. Mm -hmm. So I found out that you know Linda Eskew and Scott Mathis. Yeah. And that you also play Tohono, mm -hmm. Odom, mm -hmm. Nation music. And you have a fiddle duet that you're going to play for All right. us. And I'll be on, on guitar. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. And then after that, I want to ask you both how you met each other okay because I don't think we've gotten to that yet yeah and I will say that the band that everybody learned this tune came to teach at the fiddle tunes festival mm, right. in the 80s what, what is the name of the band the, the Gouache fiddlers the Gouache fiddlers yeah mm -hmm. and then the definitive Gouache fiddler yeah yeah and Scott Linda and uh, Paul Rangel and Emily, they got involved in that, and Jeannie and Ken. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of people that went out and visited. We never met any of the Tunnel. Marla's too. Oh, and Marla spent a lot of time down on the reservation, but we never met any of those people. We've just learned them from our friends I did and from see the them. records. You did see them. Mm -hmm. I didn't see them, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we love the music, and it's great for two fiddles, and this is yeah. the Tohono Special, right? So now you Tohono two are, Special Polka. Now you two are playing fiddle, and I'm playing guitar. There we go. Okay, here we go.
what a <laughs> what an interesting form. Yeah. I keep thinking that a five chord is coming, and then when we were when you were first teaching me this, I would look over at you both and just yeah. shake your head. Still, still one. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. That's nice. I like the freedom of those tunes. That makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. All right. Something happy about it. How do you two love birds meet? Tinder. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you might uh, be surprised to find out. Uh, we met at the Festival of America. Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> in 1997. Did uh, was, Is this the typical one of you was in a jam and the other one? Yes. Right, except that's right, except that she was really looking at everybody else in the jam but me, I think. Oh, interesting. <laughs> really? Do you remember it this way? Um, what I remember is uh, there was a jam and somebody that I knew was in the jam so I felt comfortable just going and listening yeah and um, and then I uh, I guess you were playing the fiddle maybe possibly in that one but then there was another jam then I saw him again yeah. and he was playing a banjo yeah. and I was quite excited by the banjo because it's so mysterious okay and I don't understand the banjo <laughs> It was almost disappointing to learn it was a six-string banjo. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it was a banjo guitar. <laughs> Do you want me to bleep that out? In the no. <laughs> no <that's... laughs> yeah. But you also play the five-string banjo. I do. Which you would eventually find out. So. Yes. And actually, you know, I I, I had played the five-string banjo, but I didn't. Uh, I don't think I even owned a banjo at that time when Bonnie and I met, and I hadn't been playing it much for a while. But really, because we got together and she played the fiddle, I decided to get. I got a five-string banjo yeah. and uh, started because that's what sealed the deal. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the perfect marriage: a banjo and a fiddle. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, she got me going work, again uh, on the five-string. <laughs> Glad you got with the program, yeah. WB. <laughs> and we also had a lot of really close friends in common. It's kind of surprising that we had never met before. We, we had did. friends for fifteen years each that we had, yeah. huh. but we hadn't met. Now, at that time, were you still in San Diego? Um, no. I mean, at, at that time, I had just moved to Oakland. Okay, but you were still... So I was going to yeah. live in Oakland, but I only lived there for 13 months, and I came up here to live with Bonnie. So. No, but no, I was no, still in California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> well, we have a couple tunes left. Should we do this uh, Lazy Farmer? Oh, yeah. Let me get to the key of D real quick. All right. What are we going to play next? I think we're going to play the uh, Lazy Farm Boy. Lazy Farm Boy. Yeah. I think it's Lazy Farmer Boy. Is it Lazy Farmer Boy? I thought it was just the Lazy Farmer. I think it's the Lazy Farm Boy. But All anyway, the old time police. We'll know for sure. But it seems like a. it's the kind of song that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good song to bring out once in a while and remind people, especially, especially young men that are starting a family and stuff. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cautionary tale. Sing you a song and it won't take long About a young man who wouldn't hoe his corn Why this was I never could tell For that young man was always well That young man was always well 
planted his corn on June the last. In July it was up to his eye. And in September there came a great frost, and all that poor man's corn was lost. All that poor man's corn was lost. He started for his field and got there at last. The grass and the weeds was up to his chin. The grass and the weeds had grown so high. Caused that young man for to sigh. Caused that young man for to sigh. His courtship had just begun, she says, young man, have you hold your corn? I tried, I tried, I tried in vain, but I don't believe I'll raise one grain. Don't believe I'll raise one grain. How do you come to me to wed if you can't raise your own cornbread? Single I am and will remain for a lazy man I won't maintain. Lazy man I won't maintain. Saying, kindness, you'll rue the day You'll rue the day that you was born Forgive me the devil, cause I wouldn't hold my corn Give me the devil, cause I wouldn't hold my corn Now his courtship was at an end Down the road he did Very good. <laughs> I yeah, I can't tell if it how serious the song is supposed to be because it feels fairly serious, but then there's those like two rhyming. Yeah, jokes yeah. In well, there. I think it's it's both. It's, <laughs> it's you know serious with a little sugar on top. It's totally it. complex. <laughs> uh, the song plants the word ass in your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if you are thinking that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically. You mean she is? No, it's, you know. Or he is. The grass. Oh, ass. Oh, that's not plants. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So we have one tune left, but before we do that, where do, where do people go to hire you for things? Or do you have recorded works ah. that we can get? Anything else you would like to promote? Well, all, well, all of the above. I mean, we do have a website that's Great. often out of date, but it does give a lot of basic information, and that is wbandbonnie.com. W-B-A-N-D-B-O-N-N-I-E.com. And, yeah, I think we have three CDs that we've made, and one of them's in print. The other, another one might be in print. Those are WB and Bonnie CDs. Okay. And are those available on the website? <clears throat> Um, well, not right now. <laughs> you can get them from us. Okay, great. I will uh, 
put whatever relevant information in the <laughs> outro to the show and in the show notes so people yeah. know how to do it. Yeah, great. Yeah, cool. Great. Very good. And, uh, yeah, and I'm assuming there's like a way to contact you on your website as well. There is. Great. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thanks so much for giving oh, up your is... your evening, your whole afternoon and evening to have me over here and recording. So, well, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. So I feel uh, like we've had a couple of evenings together. Yes, indeed. You know? To many more. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then we'll get to relive it on the podcast. Now yeah. I know who this Cameron DeWitt is. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. okay, I've arrived and see. What, what are we going to play for our last tune? Hey, let's play a waltz. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, there's one by Charlie Poole that we learned from a recording of Charlie Poole. Uh, I once loved a sailor. It's in the key of C. a sailor once a sailor loved me he was not a sailor who sailed o'er the wide flowing sea he owned an airship sailed like the bird on the wing and every evening when the sun my window and sing. Come take a trip in my airship. Come take a sail round the stars. Come take a trip in through Venus. Come have a sail round the Mars. No one to see while we're kissing. No one to tell while we Take a trip in my airship and we'll visit the man in the moon.
Visit WB and Bonnie's website for tour dates and instructions on how to buy their album. For everyone near Lanesboro, Minnesota, go see them play and teach at the Bluff Country Gathering from May 14th to the 17th and at the Chicago Barn Dance with Fred Campo the following Monday. And in a couple weeks, on March 20th, WB's band, the Totolo Shakers, I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but it's his band with Susie and Eric Thompson and company. They'll be embarking on their Northwest tour, so visit their website, totaloshakers.com, for more info. You can support Get Up In The Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, and you can buy a t-shirt or a bag or phone case or sticker by following the link in this episode's show notes. Check out pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series, and make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. Everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.